People like you, organizations like Rape Check, I love you guys. You are clear for takeoff runway 21 left. Winds are calm. Stand by for the retrans on uniform. It's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony Rumfalo. Hi, Aaron Rumfalo. How are you doing? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, this is Ryan. How's it going, guys? Jeez. Wow, Aaron, you're using your sexy voice. <laughs> and I'm recovering from a little bit of a cold, so oh. I can even go deeper. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. (laughs) Oh, man. So it's been a little while since the last podcast. Uh, God, crazy few weeks going on, of course. Uh, um, Unfortunately... Another Boeing 737 MAX went down, um, and uh, we're going to discuss that, get into a little bit of an in-depth discussion and a little bit of a rant uh, coming up here on the podcast. But um, I believe we've had, uh, let's see, is it one or two trips down to Red Flag since the last podcast? Uh, since the last podcast, we we just went down. So we, we covered Red Flag 19-1 earlier this year uh, a couple times and then we were able to do one trip for 19-2 oh, yeah, which is that's still right. going on this week and it ends at the end of the week gotcha man much better weather this week for red flag than last week so i know i'm jealous <laughs> yeah no shit can can i go to red flag where it's not cold Just i know cold. cold and windy well there's another one coming up in july right 19-3 yeah Oh, yeah, we'll be to that one. But then that one, we're going to freaking fry our asses. I know. It's going to be like 110. Well, you know. Probably just complain that it's too hot. You know what's going to happen, though, is the week before we go down, we're going to plan the trip. Everything's ready to go. And, like, the unprecedented storm of the century is going to come through. It's going to drop temperatures down to the 40s. It's going to be windy again. Mark my words. Because <laughs> that's well, the luck. That's the luck we've had with red flags so far. Yeah. I know. I know. It seems like it. I, I don't know. You just have to just you know throw on a hoodie a hat some pants and just try to stay warm but i tell you what though the flying's been awesome down at red flag oh yeah well and yeah i was just gonna say regardless of the elements um that's been pretty cool it's almost better than sitting in an air show in my opinion yeah you know it's it's i agree i mean you get the demos you know at an air show and and everything and that that's cool but yeah Covering Red Flag is definitely um, a highlight of the year. And um, with, with the variety of aircraft and the different nations, you know, the allied nations that participate in it, I mean, you basically see any and every type of fighter that's, you know, flying in the skies today. And, you know, I mean, there, there's a few, you know, French aircraft that aren't there and, you know, a few obviously some potential enemies you know like uh you know china and russia and stuff like that but but you get some aircraft that are painted like them mm-hmm. <laughs> yes you do so. <laughs> yeah and you even get a, a thunderbird show here and there too so it is kind of like being on their show 
Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. It's funny because they're they're practicing for their upcoming season. I'm sure in the middle, right. of the season, they're probably not at home doing that. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's Very and. Good. And if you go to our Instagram page at Ramp Chat Global, uh, you'll see um, probably most of the awesome—I mean, incredible—shots that that Aaron took uh, during. He's he's he was the one that got the photographer jeans. We'll just give you that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got the broadcasting jeans, and uh, Ryan got the athlete jeans. So. Exactly, um, <laughs> but uh, so maybe, maybe next time we're at Red Flag, we should have you record the audio while I take pictures of just Ryan running and hauling ass down the runway, and and there shooting threes, um, yeah, on the basketball <laughs> court or kicking around a soccer ball. I guess. Uh, sorry, I I got sidetracked there. But check out our Instagram page. There are some great shots of u.s and allied aircraft flying together um one of my favorite shots aaron was i believe uh-huh. i believe there were it was a formation of f-22s and Eurofighter typhoons with one of the thunderbirds in the background in the pattern on the opposing runway yeah there's from red flag 19-1 yeah there were a lot of cool there was one afternoon where the thunderbirds were coming back and all the red flag sorties were coming back and it was kind of early to mid you know evening so you got the really good lighting and yeah definitely there was there was some cool shots and actually one of the Eurofighter Typhoon pilots um contacted us through our Instagram and um he was flying the the lead ship on one of those formations he was there was one typhoon and then there was two raptors off of his uh, left wing and and he led those in and he thought it was like the coolest thing and so we sent him a couple of those pictures you know through zmail and he was so appreciative and gracious and and that's what's you know cool about about red flag as you oh, see yeah. you know a little bit of everything and i'd say one of the one of the highlights of of this red flag 192 was uh seeing those new um Saudi F-15 SAs and it the SA stands for Saudi advanced it's the latest and greatest most advanced F-15 that's that's been ever produced um you know it has new engines it's it's kind of like the the Singapore F-15 SAs or SKs it's very similar mm-hmm. um but uh I mean they they all look badass and and they were factory fresh flown uh, to Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada um, um, to be used for the first time in in Red Flag. So that's, that's pretty damn cool. That, that is pretty awesome damn looking. cool. And didn't we... Uh, isn't, you said the SA? Is that what you yeah, said? SA, correct. Sierra Alpha. So what? No, actually. And if anyone listening, what exactly are those models? What's like the difference between those and like the E model or something? So, so the E model was, was made obviously in the late eighties, early nineties. And so all the latest F-15s, like the latest, the F-15 SA for Saudi, Saudi Arabia, um, they just have all the newest technology. It's like all like, you know, glass cockpits. Um, it's, uh, they've got upgraded, uh, motors in it. So the, the engines are, 
you know, are different, um, has the latest like detections, you know, sensor suite, um, not quite as advanced as like an F-22 or an F-35 as far as sensors go, but, mm-hmm. but it's got a bunch of new, you know, sensors in it. Um, so it'd be like buying it has all the latest vehicle, just the latest and greatest. Everything's yeah, upgraded. It Everything's all, yeah. It has all the updated, you know, all the updated technology that, uh, um, you know, it has all the targeting pods and, and all those things where the F-15Es for the U.S. Air Force, they actually had to do all the upgrades, like with the targeting pods and, and those things, yeah. um, you know, after the fact where these are all designed and built and manufactured with it. So do you think impressive. do you think that we share all of our technology with our allies or do we just hold something back just in case? <laughs> <laughs> well, the F-22 is our holding back just in case because we don't allow any of that to be exported. Well, right, but we're exporting the F-35. Um, obviously, yeah. the F-15s and this, this uh, you know, the Saudi advanced or the SA, the super advanced, whatever you want to call it, you know, coming fresh from the Boeing factory. And and I'm just I'm just wondering when they when they do that, I'm sure there's got to be some kind of a limitation that we share as far as our technology goes with our allies i mean i understand the f-22 yeah, i mean some. but I, i'm sure there's know. some but see the one thing about like specifically the f-35 is the f-35 a lot of its um technology was was developed in conjunction with other countries like now that's you know, true the uk and italy and you know all yeah. these others i mean they're you know so so there's a lot of technology in that that was all developed with them. Now, is there technology that we secretly put on our own F-35s? Probably. <laughs> um, right. A, a lot A lot of times Israel puts their own, you know, indigenous technology in their, in their mm-hmm. aircraft that we sell them. So um, I'm sure we know about that because we probably, you know, we give them so much, so much money, you know, for their, for their um, defense budget and everything. So, they probably have to disclose what they're doing, mm-hmm. but there's probably a lot of secret stuff that the world doesn't know, even about Israel's aircraft. So, well, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of both. That's cool. I mean i I for sure was just excited about all the F-15s because you know, being one of my favorite aircraft, this last red flag was just. I mean, yeah. Oh my god! Majority of the aircraft were the F-15s this time. I don't remember seeing so many air, so many F-15s in one place before ever. Yeah, I mean, we we saw F-15Cs from uh, Louisiana and California National Guards. uh, The F-15Es from Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. um, The (laughs) F-15SKs. Seymour Johnson. um, From the Singapore (laughs) ones, but they're actually based in. at uh, up in Idaho at, at Mountain Home Air mm-hmm. Force Base as part of that wing uh, for training and everything. And then, of course, the Saudi, um, you know, SAs, which was awesome. And then we also saw some of the, the Nellis Base F-15Es flying around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not participating in red flag, but the, the green flag activities and then also, all, you know, any of the training that they have there. Because there's always green flag going on at Nellis where they're actually training air to ground um, mm-hmm. you know uh, attack and and that happens a lot that's why we saw so many a10s as well right 
and those and those F-35s uh, departing in the evening with uh, with the full out exterior bomb load. We also saw Vipers with full exterior bomb loads, which was really cool on, on the uh, wing um, the wing racks, which was really cool. Right, and we didn't we this time around. That you can check those out on too. Yes, yeah, definitely. True. And we didn't see as many of the Vipers this time around uh, as we did before. And I don't know if it was just you know as a result of the reduced flying because of the weather, um, or yeah, may- maybe know. we didn't we didn't even see Drake and International fly a whole lot. Did no, we? we. I don't remember seeing him. Oh, actually, we saw. Didn't we see an A four this time around from Draken or a couple of yeah, them? Pro- probably. I I, I think. I'm I'm trying to remember. So so I was there covering it with with my son Noah for three days. You guys came down for the last two days. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm trying to remember on Monday. I have to go back through all my photos, but but uh, they certainly didn't fly a whole lot of those on obviously on Wednesday or maybe Tuesday of last week. Oh, on Tuesday there were I think. Three of the L-159s, they were called, and then an A-4. Okay. That's all I remember seeing. Yeah, that that's... Day. So that that must have been Tuesday, yeah. yeah. That's all yeah. I remember seeing the whole day, though. There wasn't really much else uh, as far as, like, the Drake and aggressors mm-hmm. went, but... Right. But we did get to see, um, it was a Norwegian uh, KC-10, which was pretty yeah. awesome. I So the DC-10 has was my favorite commercial airliner and next to the 747 uh, just because of how unique it is you know with the number three engine up uh, mounted above the fuselage on the tail just has such an iconic look yeah, and, uh, and, and unique oh, totally that, yeah. that's the royal netherlands air by the way did i what did i say you said norwegian oh i'm but, sorry yeah. i meant yes i meant the netherlands it's, pro- it's probably all the same accent Sorry, sorry to our Dutch friends who are listening. I just totally blew it. So yeah, I know Ruth is probably like, "Hey, man, what the hell?" I yeah, Ruth. I know. I know. We did meet some really cool um, other aircraft spotters from all over the world, and um, you know, including some some you know local U.S. guys, which were mm-hmm. cool. Some young av geeks that that were cool um uh texas av geek texas texas afterburner afterburner yeah Yeah. those guys were cool sporting Um, some of the uh rcg ramp swag which was pretty awesome uh to see and uh uh you know and i was gonna bring that up um you know, I didn't even realize this how big the aircraft spotting community is it's crazy yeah. and they're all they're from all over the world the some of these guys that we met flew in from out of the country to just go to red flag and go to an air show and go to star wars canyon and it's like everybody we talked to that's all they were here in the states to do that's pretty freaking awesome um i know that is really cool that it's, it's awesome just, we we definitely need to do like a european trip or something and, and go do that uh, mock loop um over yeah. and i think i think that's in england but you know a lot of a lot of cool stuff go through there it's it's kind of the it's the european version of uh, star wars canyon mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty That'd awesome cool. i i would love 
to to see something like that. So so yeah, there's this big community, and we ran into a lot of people. Um, and uh, should we go ahead and just play some audio from that? Do it. All right. Yep. Some of the really cool people that we met. This is from Red Flag 19-2 at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas. All right. We're here at uh, Nellis Air Force Base, uh, Red Flag 19-2. And uh, holy shit, it's cold. Uh, The wind. Yes, the wind. Uh, A little delay in the flying today just because of, I'm I'm assuming, the wind. but uh, yeah, er- nice. earlier today the Thunderbirds are actually going to do a practice performance, but they canceled it because of the wind. Yeah, that's that's what we're guessing. So uh, we uh, I, we took a few pictures, and hopefully once the internet connection gets better, we'll uh, we'll have them up on our Instagram page. But there's a lot of people out here today. Yeah, no doubt. I know if you guys have Verizon, any of you guys have Verizon, because we can't connect at all with social media yeah verizon can you hear me now because i can't there's no there's no data so uh we got a bunch of guys around here um let's uh maybe get some introductions here what's your name i'm paul paul uh do you have instagram i do yes what's your instagram uh varner paul varner varner paul we got uh, some aircraft lining up oh we do cool and what's your name my name's nick nick and uh instagram uh, yeah, it's Nick DW17. DW17. I'm guessing you guys post some of your pictures on there, right? Ooh, so yeah. we want everybody to see that. And uh, uh, what's your name? My name's David. David? Yep. And uh, where are you from? Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas? Oh, well, the, the Chiefs hat. That kind of gave it away. Um, and do you have an Instagram, David? I do. It's Casey underscore aviation. Casey underscore aviation. Awesome. And we can catch your photos on there as well? Yes, sir. Okay. Perfect. And uh, how many times have you done Red Flag? This is actually the second trip here. But last year I was only here for one day and they scrubbed the mission because of wind also. So, Welcome I'm bad Las luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we're seeing some flying today. Oh, God, I hope that dog doesn't get hit. Um, but uh, And what's your name? Uh, Colin. Colin. Now, uh, um, you're actually one of our followers, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And I believe we're following you back. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, you do. And what's your Instagram? Uh, BOI Spotter. BOI Spotter. Very cool. And, uh, uh, and you're from Boise. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We did that yeah, earlier. Yeah, um, so you've had some adventures. Where have you guys been uh, recently? So this past week, uh, we kind of had my biggest trip of the year so far. So uh, we flew out to uh, Cherry Point, North Carolina to be part of the uh, Prowler Sundown events. And then oh, the wow. day after, we flew out to uh, uh, San Diego to drive to Yuma for the Yuma Air Show. And then we flew out to Vegas and went to the Star Wars Canyon for two days. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing those photos. And now we're out here at uh, Red Flag with everybody else out here on this beautiful windy day. And then I'm back home to Boise tonight. Wow, you're a busy guy. Yeah, it's a uh, little my little spring break now. But it's it's fun though, you know. We all come out here and and we geek out on the aircraft, and that's what we do. And that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, we get a lot of like-minded people together all in one place, and we get to share our photos, adventure stories of you know being out here at Nellis at that, or just spotting in our home airports, different locations from around the world. And you see everybody else from around the world here at Nellis, especially at the Canyon too. We have a. Uh, a lot of foreign people that come just to be a part of this, and it's great to meet them and, and see their photos and share their stories and all that with, with one another. So where's the most exotic place you've uh, done some photography and been? 
well, aviation photography. Aviation wise, well, I really get out. Of, I don't really get out of Boise. I mean, I've, I've done my my biggest one. Play was Boeing one hundred back in uh, July of two thousand and seventeen. Excuse me, two thousand sixteen. When uh, we took a right up in a helicopter and shot the whole Boeing event from the air. Oh wow! Um, with all the seven zero through seven eight all lined up together in a row at BFI. Uh, Bowling Field, Seattle. Uh-huh. For those that uh, know, that right. don't know that, um, and that was probably my, my most favorite day of aviation ever. Uh, like I said, I really get out of Boise. I do a lot of spotting in Boise, and you know, it's my home airport and all that. So that was a, that was one fun day. I still I still get the photos from every once in a while out there. Oh, that's that's pretty awesome. Is Boise is Boise where the the A ten the Air Guard A tens yeah, are? Yeah, the uh, the one ninetieth Fighter Squadron is our uh, home guard and. Uh, that's we do have uh, 18 A-10s out there. So it was that squadron years ago that I went up uh, with the 151st uh, Air Refueling Squadron out oh, of Salt okay. Lake City, okay. and we refueled A-10s over Idaho. Yeah. And uh, right. they, you know, that and and the A the A-7s that I was up on that mission, they were actually from New Mexico. So um, cool. I just thought I'd throw that in there. So yeah, I was um, seeing the, the 190. Well, good. Uh, yeah, the, the Utah Guard and the Idaho Guard have a very good relationship yeah. with one another. And yes. Yeah, we just cool. had a uh, couple uh, Utah tankers come into Boise to do a couple touch-and-goes uh, the past two Mondays. Oh, nice. So, yeah, they were up there, you know. Well, I heard they all went to BYU together. That's why. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, so, well, awesome. Thanks for taking a minute to uh, chat with us while we're waiting for the next round of uh, departures. So. And did, uh, did we ask everybody where everybody's from? I saw your name. So, BOI Spotter, right. Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. I got that now. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas City, Seattle, Seattle, and Seattle. Oh, cool. So, very cool. Now, now I know you, some of you guys were at Star Wars Canyon just recently. Um, that's on our bucket list. So, yeah, you can chime in too, whoever wants to. But, uh, uh, oh, you didn't? I'm not going to talk to you then. <laughs> Just <kidding. I> don't <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Spar- about Star Wars Canyon. That's on my bucket list, by the yeah, way. So it was my first trip, and it was a uh, very amazing. It's an F sixteen going. Uh, you want to grab some shots of this yeah, while we? Yeah, okay, all right, far. we'll chat. Too far, yeah. Heading out of here, uh, but I I definitely recommend it for anyone. It's a uh, it's it's a drive from Vegas, uh, so uh, you got to be prepared for that. But. Uh, great time and definitely be prepared for wind be prepared uh, for the elements yeah it could be very hot could be very cold yesterday was pretty perfect after a while but it's still a little windy uh-huh. but uh it turned into a great day and uh we got about probably 20 plus pass well it was probably like i can't remember how many hornets but there were a bunch of a bunch of different navy stuff flew through one one or two marine hornets flew through Nice. Uh, and then that was the majority of it. It was pretty cool, though. Really, really cool to see. You get a lot of different stuff. Sometimes you get lucky. Stuff from Nels will go through. Um, but yeah, did you see any F-117s? We did not. No, we were hoping. We were hoping. <laughs> or maybe they were there. You just didn't see them. That's also true. We looked up. And <laughs> I hear they're kind of stealthy. <laughs> they might be. We lost some time on the way there, so I don't know. Maybe. No. Yeah. <laughs> so now do you have to actually, like, hike to a spot, or do you drive right to a spot? There are certain – It's de- it depends. Um, if you want uh, nice topside shots, which is kind of the, the key, you kind of have to park in a certain place and hike up a – pretty steep hill but then you get there and like you can how st- far is it uh 
It, it, you the hike is very short. Oh, okay. uh, probably probably a minute or two hike. I mean, it's oh, just, okay. you just so it, you no bad. You can pretty much park and just get your spot you, you within can. a few minutes. There's, okay. There are multiple locations that you can go to that uh, are you know kind of ranked uh, by difficulty. I mean, some are super easy, some are kind of a lot tougher. There are some places that are really tough to get to that we really want to go to next time. So. Uh, you also, it also gives you unique shots. So yeah, that's kind of cool. We can't wait to do that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Awesome. All right. What's that? Some of our, um, our close followers and some, some guys that actually just got some of our ramp check t-shirts, uh, Texas under slash afterburner and Texas Avgeek, they were actually oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Did you meet them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 Nice guys. Cool guys. Yeah. Just a couple of young Av geeks that just love going around shooting airplanes they, and yeah, they made they, the trip. They, they definitely enjoyed it. I think they were, they were, there was, there was enough, enough stuff there to keep everyone happy. I think after a while. So it was, it was great to meet them. That's kind of like what Colin said. It's a, it's a great, great environment to meet a whole bunch of people that you never get to really see all the time. So that's cool. awesome. Give us your Instagram once again. It's a uh, Varner Paul V A R N E R P A U L. It's my name backwards kind of. Uh, and then that's, that's it. So. Okay. Well, everybody give Varner Paul a, uh, a follow on uh, Instagram. And uh, give us yours again. It's uh, Nick, N-I-C-K-D-W, and then 1-7. All right, Nick. So tell us uh, really quick before the flying starts again, where's, uh, where's some of the most exotic places you've been aircraft spotting or taking pictures? Man, that's a pretty tough question. Um you know what? You didn't go to Star Wars Canyon. You don't. No, no, I'm just I, kidding. I, 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 flew in, I flew in yesterday, so I didn't make the trip to the canyon. I was here yesterday uh-huh. at Nellis with a couple other buddies. But uh, I don't know. I've been I've been to a lot of places. I'm from Connecticut originally, so I spotted a lot in New England. Um, spent a few years in Alabama. Lived in Seattle for the last three years. So I don't know. I like. I mean, I shoot all the Boeing stuff, so uh-huh. I get all the cool Boeing stuff that goes on up there. So you make it up to Payne Field quite a bit. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, it's not too far from. I mean, I spent a lot of time at uh, Boeing Field and uh, McCord Air Force Base. Uh-huh. So I'm jealous of you. I love Seattle. So we like, uh, it. we like it a lot. We like it a lot there. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. Well, thanks again for taking a minute to talk to us, and uh, we think the flying's about to start again. So once again, it's the Ramp Check Podcast uh, here at uh, a windy Nellis Air Force Base uh, for uh, Red Flag 19-2. We're back at uh, Nellis Air Force Base uh, here for uh, Red Flag 19-2, and uh, we've got some more people we want to just do a quick chat with. He, he just ran. He didn't want to be on the podcast, did he? I'm out of here. So, <laughs> What's your name? Root. Root? Yeah. Not Groot. Root. No, Root. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Nice to meet you. And your name? Vim. Root. Vim. And Paul. And Paul. Paul, you're pulling our leg, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, let us know where you guys are all from. I'm from Holland. Paul from Holland. Me too, from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands. The Netherlands. The Netherlands, all from the same area. You guys are all friends, I guess. Uh, we are friends. Okay. And uh, we, we know him. We met yesterday. We met yesterday. Oh, wow. And wow, that's, uh, that's crazy. So... Um, First off, we, we've been interviewing people, and uh, we met some guys last time that had British accents, and one was from Tennessee, and one was from, like, Texas. So it's nice to hear an accent where you guys are really from the country you sound like you're from. So that's that's pretty cool. So uh, uh, how long have you guys been down here in Vegas? Uh, two days now. 
two days. Yep. You gonna stay for a few more? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we stay uh, till tomorrow, uh-huh. and after that we going back to Phoenix probably. And the weekend we stay in uh, Arizona, and next week we come back for two days to Nellis again. Oh, nice. So how long are you guys in the States for then? Uh, something like 16, 17 days. Oh, very nice. And you're going to do mostly aircraft spotting while you guys are here? Or? Uh, most. Yeah. You can and do some any- shopping. And some shopping. Some Maybe a little gambling. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> okay. Enjo- enjoying the food, especially go. the barbecues. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. All right. Just having a good time. Very, very good. Now, there's uh, uh, there's a KC-10 here that's from the Netherlands, right? Yeah. You guys are any affiliated with that, or you just figured, hell, there's a tanker here, we'll just come take it? No, I didn't take it. No? No, I have too many pictures already from it, so. <laughs> I, I ignored this one, but all the other ones, all the other planes, well, they're just great. Yeah? Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite so far? So far... Well, that wasn't here. That was at, at Naval Air Station Fallon. And, yeah, they have the adversary uh, aircraft, and they are just great. And, yeah, uh, they're, they're great. What uh, what type of adversary aircraft were they? Uh, well, different types, F-18s, F-16s. So, uh, yeah, okay. that's great. Different colors, uh-huh. all different colors. So, oh, yeah. Uh, Some of the aggressors here, the paint schemes are yeah, pretty they're awesome. They're yeah, beautiful. but didn't see them today, yeah. so no. No, no, haven't seen him yet. No, Hopefully, no, yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask one more question. What was it, Ryan? Do you have any questions? I don't think so. I just, uh, I mean, no. You you covered it all, basically. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, uh, are you guys on Instagram? Nope. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's your Instagram? If anybody wants to follow you and see your pictures, uh, I have to look at that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, I just started it with Instagram, so oh, most of the time I do Facebook, and yeah. everybody was telling to okay. me, go to Instagram, so I did it a couple of weeks ago, but I still have to start and post the first picture on it, so All right. that's well, well, fine. Good luck with that. So, yes. Uh, Root, how about you? Instagram? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah? Do you uh, post some of your pictures on there? Well, not uh, military pictures, only nature pictures. <laughs> oh, only nature pictures? Okay. Well, well, very cool. Thank you, you guys, very much. Uh, good luck, and uh, we'll see you later. Okay. So, yeah, so there you have it. Uh, some of the really cool people that we ran into at uh, Red Flag 19.2. And you know the coolest thing to me, brothers? Hmm is the guys with the accent were actually from the countries we thought they were, not from Texas and <laughs> yeah, Tennessee and Denver. That first inter- those first interviews we did in 19-1, that was so Do you think... What was it, the Georgia accent and the Denver accent? Yeah. That's yeah. what we were expecting them to say, but they were actually from, like said, where <laughs> what I like is how you get all their, their names and then the last guy is like, Paul. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> rude <laughs> and stuff like that and then he's like paul we're like ah you're lame but no it, it was pretty awesome talking to those guys and one thing that touch on is that when we talk to these people and we're like interviewing them and we're discussing things it's it's kind of funny how aviation is just like a universal language like if you're into it i mean even if you're not as into it but if you're into it like all of us are yeah. These guys are just so easy to talk to. Like it's it's not even difficult to speak to them because we all are there for the same interest in in the common hobby of 
loving aviation. And so it's just, it's just pretty fun to just kind of shoot the shit with them and, and, and meet all different types of people. Well, and, yeah, one, definitely. and one thing that's funny to me is I find out how much I don't know even still about aviation from these guys <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's like aaron you know we see an aircraft fly and oh look at that f-15 well it's really an f-15 echo bravo juliet uh, tango super advanced um quantum <laughs> driven side anyway <laughs> so it's 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 funny just to see and i'm and i'm wondering if uh uh root that we met ever gets tired of hearing people refer to him as groot because he did say he did say i am root (laughs) so well he needs to use that man i would if that's if if i if i were him my instagram handle would be i am root we we need to put together a, an I am root ramp check T shirt and send it to him. Yeah, that's funny. That would be good. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be cool. So, um, Aaron, do you have the dates of uh, nineteen three? Then, do you have them in um, front of you? We know they're in have July. Them in front of me, I can look them up. Okay. Um, while we're talking. But uh, we'll we'll definitely be down there again, uh, and uh, I believe that uh, this year is the on year for the Thunderbirds at Nellis Air Force Base in November. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, um, so and then Red we'll, Flag nineteen three is uh, July fourteenth through July thirty first. Okay, of this year. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. So you can count on us being down there, and we'll look forward to uh, uh, meeting some new friends and seeing some uh, new old friends uh, as well down there. And if you haven't gone down and checked out Red Flag, oh, by the way, I wanted to mention that um, uh, one of our listeners, um, Instagram at Nate underscore Barton, uh, he and um, May- at Mabry C, or I think it's Mabry underscore C. Uh, anyway, two good friends of the podcast. Podcast. They came down and spent some time with you, Aaron, and um, yeah. and also yeah, it was cool to meet him. Nate Nate knows a lot about aviation. He's actually just about to start a helicopter flight school in Southern Utah, so that's cool. Yep, I wanted to say congratulations, Nate, for that. That's a great accomplishment. And uh, hey, Nate, when you listen to this, uh, direct message us and uh, give us your T-shirt size so we can uh, send you a T-shirt too. So. Um, so yeah, that's pretty awesome. So other than red flag going on, of course, a couple of things have happened since the last podcast. Um, uh, uh, Atlas air is Atlas, right? That, um, yeah, Atlas Air flying for, for Prime. For flying for uh, Prime Air, which is obviously Amazon Prime, uh, lost a Boeing 767 a couple of weeks ago while on, a, on approach to Houston. Um, I've read up, I've I found a, um, a little bit of updated information. Have either of you guys uh, heard or read anything? Um, yes, I have. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I've, I've read up a little on it. So, Tony, you can continue with what you were saying. Oh, that was you, Aaron. Go ahead. Okay, so um, the NTSB um, had had put out um, kind of a, I don't know, it was, it was, it was an update um, 
from the um they found the cockpit voice recorder and they found the flight data recorder and so what they did um obviously they study those back east so they they flew them back east but um they were they were noticing a link between um on the on the cockpit voice recorder it sounded like they said it was kind of it was rough to get all the 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 audio off of it because i don't know i guess it wasn't recording well or whatever Mm -hmm. um but it sounded like uh, a loss of control of the aircraft um from the cockpit voice recorder and then the flight data recorder was showing um issues with um the um the elevator use now whether that's i don't have their you know, preliminary report in front of me right now, mm-hmm. but there was apparently a, a really strong elevator deflection down that, um, and we don't know yet if that's, you know, weather, if that was, you know, one of the pilots. And so maybe they were fighting some turbulence, but it's just, it's just some, you know, some preliminary preliminary stuff that they've come out with so far and not all of it really you know points to it but but uh you know the actual cause but the ntsb said that um after listening to cockpit voice recorder they said crew communications consistent with loss of control of the aircraft (laughs) began approximately 18 seconds prior to the end of the recording anyway the ntsp ntsp (laughs) i'll blame that on my cold the NTSB subsequently stated uh, the airplane pitched nose down over the next 18 seconds to about 49 degrees in response to nose down elevator deflection. So elevator deflection means um, that's weather. Because if, am I, I guess I could be interpreting that wrong. I'm sure there's someone well, else knowing here. It's like, iron an idiot, but well, elevator from what, deflection right. is, should be wind deflecting. So what I kind of read into it, um, kind of along the same lines, is on the flight data recorder, um, they saw, you know, uh, an increase in the thrust on the engines and the elevator deflection, which is um, uh, concurrent, I guess, to turbulence. Or that's commonly associated yeah. with turbulence. So I guess there's a possibility that they ran into a downdraft or a microburst or some pretty bad turbulence that was related to that weather. Because, you know, when it comes to when it comes to turbulence, clear air turbulence, downdrafts, microbursts, those things, I mean, they have a wide, a huge footprint. It's not just right associated with the right. storm. And and Virga is commonly associated with downdrafts and microbursts. So I, I guess there is a possibility uh, that some of these, you know, initial reports, you know, even though they were kind of uneducated, they were just saying, oh, yeah, it was the weather. Well, it could be turbulence associated with that. So I guess we'll just have to uh, see what else they find out and uh, see if and when they release the uh, the CBR. Yeah, and I, I mean, as far as what I've read, I mean, there's so much reading you can do as well. But um, it basically goes along the same lines of what you guys were saying, how there was a severe increase in thrust. Um, and what I read is that 
that may have caused the aircraft to to pitch up. You know, they they went to pitch the nose down and they just sort of lost control from there. Uh, maybe got disoriented or or something like that. But something pretty. Oh well, yeah, and 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 what I what I was gonna say too is I was the the whole statement from the NTSB from the FDR uh, recorder. Um, it showed some small vertical accelerations consistent with the airplane entering turbulence. And then uh-huh. sure, when the airplane's indicated airspeed was uh, steady at about 230 knots, the engines increased to maximum thrust, and the airplane's pitch increased to about 4 degrees nose up. The airplane then pitched nose down over the next 18 seconds to 49 degrees in response to nose down elevator deflection, oh, the okay. stall the stall warning stick shaker did not act. Right, so they I never read that. Were indicated that they were stalling because they weren't obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they hit uh, the water, they were traveling at over four hundred thirty knots. Nose down. I mean, is that is that just mean there was something mechanically? It 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 could be, but but see that they're saying that. The elevator um, was was hit with the deflection nose down, so that would mean that there was that there was air blowing from the bottom up onto the elevator, right. not right. not from the top down, because that would have been a nose up pitch up. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but huh. can this that, also that sounds like microburst? But is microburst that high? Six thousand feet AGL. Does does a microburst? Because I thought. Now I'm not a meteorologist, or I I'm not a pilot, but mm-hmm. isn't a microburst more consistent with being lower to the ground because the air hits the ground and bounces up? Or well, what happens is it picture picture a thunderstorm that's dissipating and all that energy and rain is coming down from the cloud, and so it's all this cold air that's coming down, it hits the ground at an extremely high rate of speed, and then it spreads out. It just kind of, you know, I I don't even know what to describe, but it kind of spreads out in all directions. And then that air goes up again at the end of it. Um, And so what happens is, I mean, this is just like what happened with that L-1011 in Dallas uh, years ago, that Delta L-1011. You get hit hit with the downdraft, and so it's forcing the airplane down, and then you accelerate. Now, this is different because this guy went nose down into the, you know, into the bay there, but with that Delta L-1011, they accelerate, and then once they get through, they've got this crazy tailwind, so they can't get enough lift, and that's what just drove them down into the ground. So, so I don't know. I mean, it, it could be something like that, but, you know, the other thing, too, is if the aircraft, if that load had shifted, and if it come loose and shifted and went forward, that would totally change you know, the center of gravity on that airplane and make it extremely nose heavy where they couldn't recover from it. So kind of like that 747, uh, that cargo 747 was taken off. What was that outside of Ramstein? Where was no, that? It was in Afghanistan. It was Afghanistan, excuse me. So something yeah. a Stein or a Stan, but anyway. <laughs> you, just, you just need to start saying, was it in Norway? <laughs> Shut up. Um, so I guess maybe a cargo shift could have caused that too. 
that made the aircraft extremely nose heavy? I don't know. I guess we won't know until they, you know, initiate or get their final yes. report. So, so yeah, the seven the seven six seven such a safe airplane. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, and and uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's had a few mishaps over the years, but uh, it's been an extremely reliable and safe aircraft. Speaking of an extremely reliable and safe aircraft, how about we move on to the Boeing seven thirty seven? So, do we start with? What we know, do we start with our rant? Because the media and social media, they're totally pissing me off right now. Oh, they're well, so, they're so pissing me off. Well, right. We know, um, just kind of tell what happened and what was reported. And then let's kind of go into um, what some people are saying. And then I think it would be good to, to uh, be opinionated on what people are saying. The best mm-hmm. course of action would be here. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And, and, you know, we've listened to some other podcasts and we've listened to, you know, some other aviation, you know, quote unquote professionals, you know, talk about this. And I, I got to be honest, I'd say about half of them are so irritating to listen to about it. And then the other half actually have like, they actually have common sense. Right. And right. so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all over you know, where people are about, you know, on this. And, and, and I'm also going to discuss something that nobody has even brought up yet. And I don't know if it's because people don't dare to, because anyway, we'll go to that. But let's, let's start off with what we know. Do, does any of you have, want to add something with what we know already or? Well, the, um, to- the, the first thing first is why don't we go back to the uh, Lion Air crash that happened a few months ago. Um, right. So everybody in the so here's the thing about the mainstream media is when there's a story like this and there's not a lot of information coming out, they latch on to certain things. So and that certain thing, in my opinion, is MCAS. Everybody in the media says, oh, it's the MCAS system. And if you went up to any one of these guys on the street and said, so describe the MCAS system to me. They'd be like, uh, well, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's like, it's a, a, it's like a black it's box a, on the airplane and it does this. Uh, well, yeah, that's just what it does. <laughs> so. Yeah. MCAS is the system that Boeing rigged into the max to kill people. That's what the MCAS. You know, in a nutshell, from from what these idiots are saying on social media and uh, just in the general media, um, God, in a nutshell, it's almost like what they're saying. You know, it's like it's this whole controversy and this, uh, you know, should Boeing have, have used this MCAS and blah, blah, blah. So, all right. Back to Lion Air really quick. So, yeah. um, Sorry. and I... Sorry, more to them. I, I, I don't have the flight number in front of me. I, I apologize for that, but um, it... Oh, hey. What? Hey, um, just so you know, the uh, we just got a tweet right now. NTSB is suspecting pilot error in Amazon Prime Air Atlas Air Flight 359. Really? Yep, that just barely tweeted while we are on uh, recording. So and it, it says the NTSB 
says the NTSB said on March 5th that the Boeing 767-300 cargo jet entered some turbulence shortly before the plane crashed. The engines increased to maximum thrust, after which the airplane pitched um, and turned slightly up. The, that startled the cockpit crew, the Wall Street Journal reported, citing several sources familiar with details. The crew then tried to push the nose of the airplane down at a 49-degree angle. This caused an unusually steep descent. The NTSB said the plane accelerated to 495 miles per hour. Ultimately, in the last 18 seconds of the plane's descent, the crew lost control of the aircraft. There you go. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt our maxing, but I literally just got that. Yeah, so anyway, that that's sad. You know, I mean, it pilot error, man, unfortunately. Well, the thing is to me, so... What it's looking like. So when I was an aircraft dispatcher, and sorry, we'll go back to this really quick before we get in with the, uh, uh, you know, the the 737 MAX. So as part of my job as a flight dispatcher, as I've said before, I'm not going to quote any FARs here. Um, (laughs) And we never jump seated to Norway. But I... (laughs) I was required to sit in the cockpit and observe so many hours a year. And so I've been up there sitting in the jump seat between the pilots, watching them do their thing during, you know, takeoff cruise and landing, pre-flight, all that. Um, And it just seems so normal and routine. But what you forget is, again, any lack of situational awareness, you can lose control of the aircraft like that. And it's done. It's yeah, and this is this might be a perfect, or I should say, a tragic example of that. So yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's that's too bad. It that really is, is too, too bad. bad. But um, and the other thing too is that's why they have what's called a sterile cockpit. Once you're um, once you're below ten thousand feet. Uh, it's sterile cockpit, which means nothing, no chit chat. You know, or anything that's not related to, you know, whatever phase of flight you're in or landing or taking off the aircraft. Once you get above 10,000 feet, sterile cockpit goes away. You know, the flight attendants, unless it's an absolute dire emergency, you know, they anyway. So, you know, I just wonder, too. and maybe they were able to determine that from the cockpit voice recorder by going a few minutes prior to what happened, you know. So I'll be interesting to uh, hear. And again, that's tragic and it's too bad uh, that that happened. So, yeah, well, um, hopefully all surviving pilots and pilots that are working, they can learn from these these tragedies. I mean, that's the only thing you can really do is, is learn from them because obviously they're accidents and unless, you know, I mean, there has been air disasters where it's been a literal crash of the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but anyway, so let's go back to the max and, and, and let's just, let's just kind of talk about, okay, there's two major crashes within five months right. of the 737 max eight aircraft. Mm-hmm. Both, from foreign operators right okay. that's i think that's and pretty important to stress and we'll we'll get to a, that in a minute that is important right and the similarities are both of them crashed uh pretty close after departure mm-hmm. um both of the crews had reported um having a hard time control the air controlling the aircraft right um both of the aircraft hit um going at a high rate of speed Mm-hmm. And so, because pretty much the Ethiopian air 
disaster. It basically hit um, dry land because it was over Africa, the middle of Africa. Mm-hmm. And then the Lion Air aircraft hit the water. Mm-hmm. And Correct. I mean, they were just finding small pieces of everything everywhere. So that's, right. I mean, it hit at a high velocity. So, so we know those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if we look at Lion Air, Lion Air, that aircraft had actually experienced issues with, um, with pitch and um, controllability uh, on previous flight. Right. On the previous and, flight. Now, per, that's right. per whatever procedures or regulations, they wrote the aircraft up. They wrote up what happened. But, the, yep. but in order to do that, though, they landed the aircraft safely by yep. disconnecting this system that has become so controversial. So this crew, they knew that there was an issue and they knew what to do to get around it. So that's pretty important, yeah, that, and and that, a lot of people aren't saying an, that. Yeah, that is an important, um, and 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 so then the next flight, you know, they're prepping to go, and and the flight data recorder is showing that there's a twenty degree nose. Um, I disagree. Right when it's level, sitting on the ground, isn't that right, Tony? Yes, that and you- and that was because of the uh, angle of attack sensors. They were either not calibrated correctly, or they weren't reporting the 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 right information. And this MCAS system that you know the entire media is ready to destroy. There was just a a, a tweet that came out. Um, and of a story from MSNBC that says uh, the U.S. has grounded Boeing 737 MAX planes after a second crash of the model in five months, bringing to light Donald Trump's relationship with Boeing CEO. Oh, my oh, God. This I just came through. I, have, I haven't even read, I, read that. You know, the, <laughs> since, you, since you brought that up, you know, yeah. it's like what's happening here is it seems like so many people are 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 bagging on Boeing because they're they're a US company. Right. And you know, I'll be the first to say fuck you to anybody <laughs> that's using this disaster and these disasters as as a place to you know, push the whole agenda that America's bad and the United States is bad and, and you know because I'd be defending Airbus just as much as defending Boeing on certain aspects of what's going on. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter if it's in Toulouse, France, or freaking Seattle, Washington, Chicago, where they're based. It's, you know, we're trying to go through the facts here. Mm -hmm. and, And that's what aviation should be based on. And that's what it is based on. Right. And in all honesty, and we might as well just go right into it, that's the reason why the United States was the last country to ground the 737 max was because we base our aviation safety and we base our aviation investigations off fact and reality and not emotion because emotion doesn't get you shit in life right okay it just doesn't you have to stuff like this it's all fact and database in reality right so the faa the nts or you know all these organizations boeing um, they didn't have enough data to back up grounding the airplane in the United States. These American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, 
They right. are a huge operator, the Max, without any issues. Right. Well, right. and and let's um let's let's come back to this in just a second here because I I actually got a sidetracked and I'm sorry, um, yeah. but. Um, and, and I want to say really quick before they do that, I just knew that some of the media outlets would finally find a way that they can implicate the United States President Trump in this uh, whole. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, anyway, joke. it's just it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, so getting awesome. back to this. So the angle of attack sensors were feeding bad data to this MCAS system. All right. Now, the crew before on the previous flight, they were able to recognize that they disengaged the system so they could gain or regain or, or you know, regain control of the aircraft. So they ride right. it up to maintenance. Maintenance looks at it. Maintenance clears it to fly. And well, then I think they replaced the angle of attack sensor before that flight. Oh yeah, so I mean, so I should say they they did whatever they needed to do to clear it for yeah. flight. Let me let me rephrase that. Sorry, that's pretty important. So when they're when the airplane was going out that next day, there was that twenty degree disagree. They went ahead and flew, and but the difference between this crew and the previous crew is either they didn't know or they forgot or something caused them to not disengage this system. And so they're constantly they're they're constantly fighting this system and then they end up losing control of the aircraft and um you know obviously and we there think was that tragic and we crash. We think that's what happened in Africa with the Ethiopian right. flight. And it kind of sounds um, like that too. So, um, yeah, because the, the, just a, a quick thing on the, on the MCAS, you know, it's designed. So the whole reason it was designed is because the center of gravity, um, of the aircraft of the 737 max was changed when they added the larger engines, right? Um, the larger engines actually create their own lift because right. they're so much bigger. Um, and so, so it naturally going, it naturally causes the nose to pitch up. Yeah. And, and so and this. So they. They. Um, but the thing is, is, is the MCAS system only activates when um, when the angle of attack is high. So here's the thing. Angle of attack is showing high on that angle of attack sensor showing 20 degrees off. So maybe it was showing 20 degrees high, mm-hmm. which boom automatically activates NCAS. Right. Um, autopilot is off. So it activates when autopilot's off. Flaps are up. It, it activates. Mm-hmm. Or, a, um, or a steeply turning uh, maneuver. So, so those are the four main things that activate NCAS. Right. Okay, so it's not necessarily departure. It's not necessarily when the flaps are down because it says... It only does it when the flaps are up mm-hmm. automatically. So in the case of Lion Air, with that angle of attack sensor being all out of whack, that could have automatically activated even before they took off. Right. But It could but have. Anyway, but, but the MCATS, it, it, it's supposed to push the jet's nose down to reduce the risk of stalling. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and it, it moves the horizontal stabilizer trim um, upward at, 0.27 degrees per second up to 2.5 degrees and 9.26 seconds at a time. So mm-hmm. it, 
it kind of slowly does it. Right. Um, but and, and and then it deactivates when the angle of attack is sufficiently lowered mm-hmm. or the pilots override the manual. Right. And the with pilots man, in uh, this case with manual train. Right. With me. Ryan? Yeah. You, did you say something? Just agreeing with what you guys were saying. Gotcha. So anyway, it was not deactivated by the Lion Air crew, and obviously they lost control of the aircraft. Um, now, here's something that I found that was pretty interesting as well. So when there's a disagree like that, there's three places that the crew should be able to see it. Um, they're, they're alerted that there's something wrong. And apparently these were optional items to purchase on the 737 MAX. So the first place is a heads-up display that would indicate what's going on. The second place is the PFD, which is the primary flight display, which each pilot has. You know, they that that the the primary flight display is actually in every aircraft and that's used by them uh, you know, when they, it's got the critical components, you know, engines, altitude, uh, there's several really uh, key components that are part of that primary flight display. And then third, and, and so let me just say they always have the primary flight display, but to have this particular piece of data uh, um, shown on the primary flight display uh, was optional, apparently. And then the third place is an indicator light saying that there's, uh, you know, there's some kind of a disagree going on. So yeah. Lion Air being a low-cost carrier, and this is not a fault of theirs, I don't think, you know, they're going to cut costs wherever they can and hopefully as safely as they can. But they did not purchase any of those three options on the 737 Max. Well, I I mean, I I disagree with you a little bit because you get all these people that are like yelling at Boeing. Why wasn't this a standard thing? And I even heard, you know, some aviation you know, so-called experts and, 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 you know, and another podcast we listen to that's like, you know, why isn't Boeing putting this as standard? Like, it should be standard. Well, what about Lion Air and Ethiopian Airlines? Why didn't they purchase well, and this this like, is let's let's share right. some of the blame for crying out. Well, that's what like, I'm this, saying. This is a joke, and this is the point that I'm getting to is. Oh. You know, with such a with such a change in the aircraft itself, I I personally think that that probably maybe shouldn't be an optional thing. However, um, it's each individual airline. I think it's their responsibility, uh, and maybe they just assumed since it's the seven thirty seven airframe that yeah. there wouldn't really need to be any kind of a change, so they wouldn't need to be to have this. Now, I personally think, yeah, that's probably something that should be standard, and it probably well, isn't agree. that difficult for it to be standard. But you know, I. It's not just the fact that they didn't purchase these other components, but I the, another thing too, and this is nothing against you know the nation of Ethiopia. This is nothing against Indonesia, but training standards and maintenance standards are different in every country across the world, and the United States. Um, I would guess, and Europe and some of these other major quote-unquote superpower or close-to-superpower countries 
probably have higher standards, higher standards of redundancy to make sure that this doesn't happen. Well, and I li- think that Lion that Air speaks. Well, Lion Air was banned to fly into Europe for, for a long time. Because of their maintenance recently. record. Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was recently that they were allowed to fly all over and, Europe and everything. And so. And I mean, the, there's a reason. Right, there is. And and the United States and these other countries that were the last to ground the 737 MAX have much higher maintenance and training standards in these other countries. So it really didn't make sense to have a knee-jerk reaction. Oh, we got to land them all right now. Because... Yeah, we needed, we needed actual data. Exactly. In order, in order to do it, not... Not some emotional, you know, screw the United States and Boeing. We're grounding right. these airplanes. And and like, the grounding of like, these aircraft was not because, yes, they said they found some satellite data and this and that. But what that data indicated was similarities with the Lion Air incident. So they thought out right. of an abundance for caution, let's ground these aircraft and let's make sure that they are truly indeed safe. Let right. me also and, mention one more thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, I'm Go ahead. <clears throat> No, and I was going to say, and, and this may even turn out, it's not even MCAS. Right. It might be the system feeding the data to MCAS. This could, be, so, an, this could be an angle of attack system uh, exactly. issue or a software. software. Yes. It, it could be the software that controls and speaks to each other on those systems. I mean, there's, there's right. a number of things. And, and, right. You know, it, you know and, and, and the other latest thing, too, is, well, there was a reporter with the Seattle Times that put out this scathing article about Boeing and and how the FAA allowed them to certify some of these critical systems with the with the uh, with the 737 Max and how Boeing is negligent. Okay, first is this of all, is this I'm, the I'm, same I'm, dipshit that uh, wrote the article complaining about the Blue Angels? <laughs> I know, I know. You think, it was, but it's not. Um, maybe they're buddies, but <laughs> but. Um, um, but basically what what they were talking about was that you know the FAA gave Boeing all this you know authority to certify certain things okay so first of all Boeing is not and let me repeat this is not going to sell the 737 Max with a fatal flaw that they know about because let me tell you something everybody the 737 aircraft is Boeing's bread and butter that is how the company survived okay is the mm-hmm. 737 so don't tell me that boeing was trying to rush aircraft out just to get revenue and to satisfy shareholders because that is the most bullshit story that i think i've ever heard because boeing without that 737 they go down and mm-hmm. and literally and there's no flipping way that and I'll say flipping instead of the big F word in case there's kids in the car or something. But well, too I'll late. But to, thank you. I can't guarantee. I'm always <laughs> that. But but there's no way that Boeing is going to, you know, put out an aircraft just like I said, just to start selling and to satisfy shareholders and all this. Right. It's how it's how they live and breathe. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Boeing did not know about this. I I don't I don't give a shit what kind of evidence you put forward. I personally don't believe that they would do that. Well, um, and if they're going to introduce a system, just being a business owner, right? I, exactly. And if they're going to introduce a new system, 
and MCAS that I'm talking about right here because of the changes to the flight characteristics of the aircraft because of the new engines and the change, you know, center of gravity. And, and you know, if they're going to test a new system that's going to help make that easier for the pilots to recognize and control, you can't tell me, and I'm going to cuss here, that they did not test the shit out of that before well, they released that aircraft. Well, and not only that, but it's like it's like MCAS does not control the plane during exactly. the flight. Exactly. All it's designed to do is improve the behavior of the airplane during non-normal situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so right. there's well, that. And, but, and yeah. Today, did we say the Max did? Um, and obviously, I'm not trying to make light of the loss of life, and we want everybody to be safe, and things need to be taken care of accordingly but how many flights a day was this aircraft flying and we had two incidents within months oh well it's been flying since 2016 and and what do we calculate so well what was it like 8500 hours it's uh, first its first uh revenue flight was actually in 2017 its first test flight was in 2016 but so it's been flying let's see here um so it's been flying revenue service since, you know, 2017. And, and now there's, I believe there are around 400 aircraft in service operated by 50 different airlines. And so, and we got this information from, um, I just want to give uh, Tyler Rogaway a shout out. I hope I'm not like just totally slaughtering his name. Um <laughs> But uh, let's see here. Where's uh, and he's on Twitter and he's a great source um, of information. He's got some great stuff so, on Twitter. Well, he writes well, at thedrive.com. That's what it was. The drive. Oh, the um, drive. Oh, the drive. Yeah. And he did a great article on the 737 Max that I suggest you guys go and read. Uh, again, that's at uh, it's Tyler Rogaway and his. Um, go ahead and say what you're going to say while I can find his, his Twitter handle. Yeah, sure. Find his Twitter handle and find that info. But what I was going to say about my, my last comments and the whole FAA allowing Boeing to certify a few th- Well, see, the thing is, is it's not like the FAA just says, okay, well, you guys do it and then it's good. No, 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 no. There's a review of the information that Boeing provides to the right. FAA certified. Exactly. So it's, exactly. Not, it's not like, you know, and, and in a lot of cases, the, the, the FAA allowing Boeing to do this, a lot of times these engineers are smarter than even what the FAA would have to evaluate. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, (laughs) and I love this, I love this, this quote from a lot of news organizations use this, but it's a nothing bird. It really is. It's nothing because it's, it's the way things are done and certified. And it's Mm -hmm. not, it's, it's not something that Boeing Fired to certify its own aircraft and blah blah blah. But even so, they would not release it knowing that it's going to kill people. This is how they make their living and survive. Right. So I just don't buy that story. And the point I guess I was trying to make by bringing up numbers is is that and mishaps and disasters every day that happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And the point I was trying to make was that this aircraft has been flying. It's it has had a good track record. Everything's been fine. And on the sudden, because two of them happen within a close period of time, 
everyone's losing their minds over something's wrong. And and you know what? If there is something wrong, figure it out and get it fixed. However, it's well, what's annoying that's how me is work. right? Exactly. exactly. And you think the the test pilots that risked their lives and lost their lives years ago figuring it out like were people losing their minds then i mean there were so many people right you know had to test things and and our our system now of like approving things you know you make the point of that the boeing's not just gonna throw their company into the ground with some scandal about their cutting corners or anything like that no there's a there's protocols that have to be gone through and and they did it and i get I know we're we haven't quite got to the ramp part yet, but it's just so annoying to any things that are being said that are just uneducated. And, right. Yeah, and and, and that doesn't that doesn't mean there's there there are bad people and there are people that right. screw things over. And but but for the, there are so many reviews when they release a new aircraft that that, that they could have caught they would have caught some mm-hmm. somebody not doing something. Well, but the other thing too is there's things that uh, that that obviously they do get mixed missed. The A320 had a horrible safety uh, record when it was first introduced. Oh, exactly. Um, because of their autopilot system, um, the 787 Dreamliner, um, which was to catapult Boeing into the next century, in which it has. I mean, the 787's super successful right now, but everybody was up in arms because they had a couple of battery fires and they had to make an emergency landing. Thank God there was no loss of life, but this was something that was caught before loss of life and they fixed it. They grounded the 787, if you remember, um, and that had flown much, much fewer flights than the 737 MAX had. So I've kind of got that information here. So it's Tyler Rogaway, and his Twitter handle is at aviation underscore intel. Um, he writes for the um, it's the for drive. for the drive. He's got some great articles. Look up that article. But he had mentioned, and and I'm not looking at the article right now, so I hope I'm not quoting this wrong. But um, the uh, 737 Max, uh, since it's been in you know full service, has been flying about 8,500 8, flights a week. Now, just to give you a conservative number, and let's just say that's based on a year's 8,500 flights a week. And so at just one year, 52 weeks, that's 442,000 flights. Uh, and 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 I don't don't I don't want to sound wrong when I say only two incidents, but each yeah. incident, of course, is tragic. It's unacceptable. It shouldn't happen, especially with today's technology. But um, you know, I mean, that says something right there that, that this is two lost aircraft out of four hundred and forty-two thousand plus flights. And, and you know, and the only and the only reason we're bringing that up is because it. Yeah, sound the alarm because there's two incidents that sound similar. Yes, but don't sound the alarm because the aircraft is unsafe. I mean, right. it it, fly, it has flown so many flights, totally fine and flawless. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, aviation accidents and disasters are a reality of life because right. they happen. Right. How yeah. many how many Cessna one fifty twos have gone down? 
Oh my gosh, we we follow the NTSB on Twitter. <laughs> right? It seems like every hour they're <clears throat> sending out a tweet. So and I don't see investigating the crash of this <clears throat> and this and this and that. I don't see but this big cry time. from the media and the public to ground all Cessna aircraft. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, I mean, <laughs> maybe put that into perspective there. But um, I I'm do half on those numbers you gave me. Yeah. There's an incident on a max. In one year, you have a point zero 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 four five two chance of there being a fatal incident. Right. Now, yeah, I, I do. I, I think mean, it was good. wise that it was grounded. Yes, ground the aircraft so nothing like this happens again. But right. all this bullshit yeah. and controversy surrounding why, when, and how—it's just stupid. It's the yeah, fucking that, media just trying. It's just clickbait. It's just ridiculous, and I can't stand it. And I, I, I am so so annoyed by it. But oh, I'm so anyway. annoyed, and you know, and I'm sick and tired of everybody pointing the finger at Boeing and mm-hmm. yes there will be things that'll come up that Boeing is going to have to admit to and it's going to have to fix obviously and right mistakes I don't happen think it was a malicious it, that's it, the thing is it was not malicious, malicious at all yeah but but, but the one point I want to point out is is you know these airlines like Lion Air and Ethiopian well what the hell like pilot training um why weren't those extra security precaution features purchased? Like that's the blame. That's the airline to blame. I'm well, sorry, here's here's a question that too. Is, that is the airline. And why throw a first officer? So supposedly the Ethiopian airline first mm-hmm. officer had hundreds of hours. Like it was barely like, enough time. It was like two hundred hours, officer, wasn't it? And they throw him in the world's most advanced aircraft. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and one thing that I want to know about the Lion Air incident is why one crew knew to disengage this system and another crew didn't. That just yeah. that just shows blatant well, inconsistencies in well, training to me. Not only that, but I don't know about you guys, but if I was a seven three Max pilot and I saw what happened in Lion Air, don't you think the very first thing you would learn is how to shut the fucking MCAS off? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if if the everyone was properly getting, yeah, the red information. I mean, and just a little fact check here: the Ethiopian Air that had eight thousand hours, but the first officer only had three fifty. Okay, there you go. So wow. I said first officer, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I thought I was, I was just saying, just yeah, reading, okay. reading what they both had, but sure. Hell, regional regional airlines, their first officers have more hours than that. And I well, think yeah, that the requirement well, like, I think the re- go ahead in a cockpit experience matters. Like that's why that's why they require you to fly so many hours and that's why they Right. That's why they do those things, because experience matters. I mean, well, and I think most regional airlines in the United States, and this may have changed because it's been a while since I was a dispatcher, but I think they require like 500 hours minimum 
to to get in the seat of a regional jet or you yeah. know a commercial turboprop. Three hundred and fifty hours. This guy's ears were still wet. I mean, he had just barely come out of flight school. That's and and I'm I'm not saying he just barely came out of flight school. I'm just saying that that number of hours would lead someone to believe that this kid probably just came out of flight school. It's just now is that three hundred and fifty total hours or is that three hundred and fifty hours in the seven thirty seven? Uh, it, it doesn't. It, it just says where I'm reading. It was just listing their uh, mm-hmm. hours. Okay. So, um, so yeah. It's and 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 don't get us wrong, people out there. We we are not laying the blame on anybody. I think that right. when, when an aircraft exactly. when an aircraft accident happens, there are fifty things that can go wrong and that chain of events can extend all the way back to you know the day before the aircraft even rolled out of the factory it's just all these different circumstances they come together in a perfect storm and it causes it to happen i'm not blaming blaming the blame on anybody but what it what it what stands out to me is probably training more than anything that's that's in yeah, my I, opinion. I, I totally I totally agree, dude. I I think, and I, and I think here's one thing you might be able to blame Boeing on part is, or on a part in this is, I think Boeing maybe just kind of assumed that everybody would be able to just easily adapt to the max, right? And that it wasn't that big of a deal, and and that you know. Well, this the technology these days right. and everybody and, and I think maybe they just it was a little bit of oversight and thinking, well, maybe we should have pushed a little harder for training because right. this 737, even though it looks very similar to the other 737s, it does have a lot of differences. Well, and that's and, and that's another thing too. There's there's uh, just like at SkyWest when we would get uh, newer and larger regional aircraft because at SkyWest we started with you know as far as our jets go you know the Canadair CRJ 200. Then we got the 700 and the 900, and the flight crews and the dispatchers um, were all required to go through what's called differences training. And what that means is it's the same airframe, but there are differences in the aircraft. So so maybe yeah. in the Boeing differences training manual, you know, this stuff surrounding, you know, the MCAS and the different center of gravity, the, the, the engines, maybe in that training manual, this should have been like chapter one instead of maybe chapter six, if you know what I mean. So it would be it yeah. would stress. Well, it'll be chapter one now. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I'm sure probably. that those uh, those different components will no longer be optional either. That yeah. uh, they'll just be part yeah. of the aircraft. But uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. We're we're not sitting here trying to say Boeing's innocent and and blah blah blah. Everybody has a part in this. Everybody right. has a part in in a, in a disaster like this. right. But and when you're in the media, brought to the table and been like, okay, you need to be better at this. You need to be better at this. And you need to be better at doing that. And right. We, and, and we need to make this work for everybody. And when you're in the media and when you're listening to the media, 
don't just assume and latch on to one thing and, you know, listen, form your own opinion. Don't be one of these bandwagon people that, you know, I saw when Boeing made the announcement, you know, um, or, or made their statement regarding the grounding of the aircraft. You get some dipshits on there. About time, Boeing, blah, blah, blah. Stop putting unsafe aircraft out there. Oh. But just don't be a dumbass on Twitter. You know, form your own opinion. Don't get on the bandwagon. Don't try and stir up controversy. Don't be a dumbass. Shows how stupid some people are. Right. Well, yeah. In in the media, like I think I was I was reading an article on CNN that um, speaking of the pilots' hours, like they were just naming all these things about what went wrong, and the title of one of the sections were. Both crews had exper or both aircraft had very experienced crews, and I'm like, really? <laughs> 350 hours isn't a lot of experience. You know, it just shows lack of knowledge is all. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Well, um, good discussion, brothers. Anything else you want to add? No, we just you know hope that they can find a resolution to this because we know airlines are just bleeding dollars mm-hmm. right now and yeah and they need those aircraft back up and 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 I'm sure that that a solution will be will be found as far as you know the media and and you know hyping it all up and mm-hmm. everything I I don't know I guess I guess part of our job is to defend aviation we're not here to defend you know anybody over anything on a disaster like this but we're we're here to find the facts mm-hmm. and 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 the actual reality and data right and um i'm sure that will happen um and uh you know we just hope the 737 max can get back to flying and and uh, whatever is needed to make sure that it's safe to fly for everyone not just in the US but all Correct. over the world yeah um, and that pilots understand that it is a different aircraft from the original 737. And there are some things that you need to freaking read up on and train on and and figure out. And uh, Boeing announced on March 25th they're going to roll out a software update for the 737 MAX that they were working on well before even the Ethiopian Airlines uh, crash. So, right. um, um, you know, so hopefully that will address some of this. and. And, uh, you know, long live aviation, man. I mean, we, we, that's the thing is, is when something like this happens, aviation buffs and av geeks and, and reporters and, you know, aviation, we all have to band together and find a solution to positively affect the industry, mm-hmm. not sit here and throw out conspiracies and, you right. know, and, and why was this and why was that? It's like, you have to point all you have to point to the facts you have to bring everybody on board that is a part in what happened Mm -hmm. and you can't just blame one person it has to be everybody well and everybody has to work together to form a solution it's not just boeing's responsibility it's boeing it's faa it's the existing operators it's the operators that suffer the tragedies everybody needs to come together and find a solution and they will and things will continue and, and you know and if you're looking at it from the other side like let's say um maybe a family member of someone who, who perished in the crashes. Like, yeah, none of this is meant to be insensitive towards that. I just want to make that clear because 
You know, it's like you said, Aaron, the point is, is to get the facts, find out what happened. And, and, not and, and jump to all these conclusions and say that, like, all these major knee jerk reactions need to happen. Just get the facts, work together, because aviation isn't going away. Um, no, no, it's, it's not. And, and, and if you really look at the whole situation, it's nothing different than anything else in life. It's sad and horrific that people have died because of this and for people to learn. But I mean, you know, it's just fix it. That's all we need Mm -hmm. to do. Focus on getting it fixed, focusing, you know, on why it happened and all the sources on why it could have happened, not Mm -hmm. just point a finger because it's easy to do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And and get a fix that will make the aircraft uh I shouldn't say make the aircraft will can will ensure the continued safety uh of the aircraft. And uh one last thought from me is I just I, I just wanna say I know we got a little heated in this discussion and that's fine. Um but we don't want to miss the fact that our heartfelt condolences go out to right. the families of the uh, both the Lion Air and the Ethiopian Airline passengers and crew that perished in those accidents, and also the Atlas Air crew and the Mesa Air uh, pilot who had just been hired by United Airlines uh, right. to fly, who right. also perished in the uh, the Amazon or the Prime Air uh, accident as well. So. Um, um, right. You know, you, you, even right. though you it, it's about, you know, collecting information and being logical and methodical, you know, there's some emotion has to be in there just to feel uh, for what happened and when by the families that were affected by right. these tragedies. And right. so we and, just want to express that, that as but, well. But think think about the, the aircraft engineers, and ground crews and, you know, right. maintain these aircraft that mm-hmm. crashed and. And that designed and built these aircraft. I mean, they've got to be feeling it too. Absolutely. You know, that's sad and and unfortunate, but you know, yeah, to everybody involved, it's just, it it is sad. I, I, man, I don't even know what, how, how I'd feel, you know, losing, you Mm -hmm. know, my wife in a crash like that or something like that. I mean, I'd go fucking nuts. (laughs) Yep. I hear you. (laughs) You know, so we definitely understand the emotion out there, but Mm -hmm. when it comes to finding the solution and fixing it and making everything as safe as possible, you have to throw the emotion out and go with facts and reality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, some of you were, Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Do you want to say something? Oh, I just said, amen. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Uh, I'm sure that some of you are wondering, especially our significant under others, where the uh, aircraft challenge has gone. Um, we're down. We're down to the final four aircraft, um, and those are once again. You guys remember off the top of your heads the XP seventy Valkyrie, the SR seventy one, okay, the B one. The B1 and the P51. So uh, we will be bringing back the final round here soon. Just a few things that we needed to cover in this. Obviously, we ran a little bit long today. So we will get to the final rounds of the aircraft challenge coming up. In the meantime, Aaron, where can people find you on social media? Um, Mostly on our Instagram, which is at Ramp Check Global or my personal at Aaron Rumfollow. 
I am working on several new t-shirt designs and a couple new lines of our um, apparel and our ramp swag. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Um, it's pretty badass stuff. I'm really digging. I'm really digging the remove before flight stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. It's it's awesome. I I've been working on that stuff for months, and uh, I got some cool designs. Um, but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that stuff. We we want everybody to um, be wearing this stuff. It's just part of a big aviation community. So um, keep an eye out on that. We'll do some posts once. Um, it's more organized. It's the first time we've ever come out with, you know, apparel and ramp swag. So, you know, just bear with us a little bit. But uh, but we got some cool stuff. So anyway. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, Ryan? There's going to be so much stuff on there. It's going to be the only place people go to get uh, aviation-related gear. So That's I'm excited. Right. Cool. Yep, I am too. So I knew you were going to ask me next. So you can just find me at Room Follow Me. Um, um, mine doesn't maybe have as many aviation picks and stuff as Aaron's does. But um, so the main one I would say to follow would be at Rampjet Global and just check out our cool stuff. Also go to rampcheckglobal.com and check out our website. And uh, be good to have you all on board. All right. And uh, you can find me. At T-Rum Follow. I won't spell it out again unless you need me to. Um, and uh, that's on Instagram. That's also on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, the uh, the at Ramcheck Global as well. Uh, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and, of course, um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I should say when you listen, excuse me, please subscribe, share it with your friends. Let them hear this. I think this is a pretty important podcast for a lot of people to hear. Um, And then, of course, uh, give us a do us a solid. Give us a five star rating uh, while you're at it as well. And uh, I believe that wraps it up for this edition of the Ram Check podcast. Um, We will be back again uh, soon, uh, as I mentioned, with uh, the final rounds of the aircraft challenge and i'm sure we'll be having more updates on uh the boeing 737 max and of course the uh the prime air incident as those uh details unfold in the meantime uh i'm tony i'm aaron i'm ryan and ryan your send off uh everyone have a good day (laughs) (laughs) nice